This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 404 DGS on KMOX. Beautiful day out there. We have Matt Pauly in with us for another half hour or so. We're going to do Stairway to Kevin. But first, since we have a couple sports guys here, talk me through the World Series. What do you think? It was fine. I, yeah. it's not, we're not going to think back on this year's World Series. <laughs> yeah, it's not an all-time great World Series. <laughs> yeah, But the games, for the most part, you know, you, people uh, look at the final score of yesterday's game and go, oh, it was such a one-sided game. It was five nothing. It was a one-nothing game going to the ninth inning, and then Texas scores four runs. Yesterday's game was fine. You know, you have one guy throwing a no-hitter for a while. You got another guy pitching in and out of trouble. It was, it was a very compelling game yesterday. But, yeah, from an overall standpoint, it wasn't special. I saw... Uh, the young Murdoch, the head of Fox, uh, did a uh, earnings call today, and he just was not happy about it at all. And he was really complaining about uh, the matchup and the ratings and things like mm. that. But you know what? Some some years you get really good ratings, and some years you don't. Yeah, yeah I, I, I want to get into the ratings thing for just a second because I cannot believe the sheer ignorance that's employed when they when people talk about ratings on sporting events, but in particular the World Series. And I see it from people in the media. I see it from people that should know better. Because they show this, like, they show a chart that'll show that the yeah. ratings are going down year, year after year. Well, no kidding, because all ratings are doing that. All of them. Because everything's being watered down. Yeah, by well, everything's streaming, the Every, and they're not measuring the number of people watching on Hulu, and they're not measure, measuring the number of people watching on YouTube TV yeah. or on just on the MLB app or whatever. And like, we are so willfully ignorant when we talk about these things because it's easy to go negative. It's easy to be like, well, the worst, lowest, lowest rated game one of a World Series ever. Okay, that's true. But nothing gets the ratings that we used to get. Well, nothing. I can tell you, having been in this business for 24 years now, the ratings in radio have always been ridiculously useless and stupid. Mm-hmm. And you're not supposed to say things like that, but I've been doing it a quarter century so you can kiss my ass. So when I was number one for seven, eight years in a row, Maybe I was. I probably wasn't. If I'm number eight, if I'm number 12, maybe I am. I'm probably not because the ratings were so terrible. And now that you throw in uh, podcasts and and all the universes on your phone, at least now we have real numbers like streaming. We can tell how exactly many people how are many streaming. are yeah. podcasts. We get like four or five million podcast downloads. Yeah. Those are empirical. You know when people are downloading them. Uh, and so I think the ratings that we've always we've all grown up with television, radio. It's it's almost like. <sighs> Having a blockbuster 
you know, you're like, okay, but it's 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 just so old technology. Yes, and and the focus when it comes to things like sporting events, like first of all, everything everybody wants to compare things to like the NFL. Don't the NFL is the number one show in the world. It's the number one television show in the world. I mean, we we talked about this at the end of last year. It'll be true this year too. If you look at the top fifty television programs in 2023, when we get into early 2024. 47 or 48 of them will be football games and 45 of those will be NFL games. And the others will be a couple of college football games here and there. Football is King, but simply not being football is not mean you're in trouble. It doesn't mean you're bad off. Like it's, it's about the context of it. So using that, that analogy, like it was this, this series had this world series had the lowest, the, the lowest rated, the worst audience of any game one world series that they've ever measured, right. That they've ever measured. It still had four times the audience of the next closest show on television. And like seven times the audience of the next closest show that aired on cable. And that's why sports do well. Because they crush everything else. And that's why networks keep paying for them. And if Fox wants to get out of it, I can promise you. Amazon or Apple or somebody else. ABC, NBC, CBS. Somebody else will take it. Well, I'm go sorry. Ahead, no, no, no. Go okay, ahead, but I think this is an important to note. I'm not trying to get too far in the weeds into like advertising. Dave, you've got these amazing sponsors that that you've been with for a long time, and they see the results of you talking about them. So that that's if you're going to go sell that, that's kind of an easy sell, and it's really easy for each of those advertisers right. yeah. to be able to see what the results of it because we're kind of in a smaller pond. If you're Fox and you're paying tens of millions of dollars for yeah. the World Series. And you're going to Ford, and you're going to Home Depot, and yeah. you're going to all these national advertisers. Good point. You're not able to say, well, you know what? There's actually more people watching this than than what we thought. You All you can do is sell the number. And if you're those big national advertisers, you're saying, we bought you thinking we were going to get this number, mm-hmm. and we actually got this number. So now all the you know ad executives at, at, at Fox are coming back around and trying to figure this out. So that's why Murdoch gets on his call, and he complains about the ratings, because that's going to have an impact on what Fox is doing from a national ad sales point. Sure. And, and I think that part of the thing, though, is it's still higher rated than anything else Fox is going to put on their network. So it's over. When do the Cardinals have an opportunity to do something? And when do you think they actually do something? The first one's the easy answer. Five days. Okay. Free agency is going to open in five days. Um, But this is both, both Matt and I agree. We wish this was not this way, but it really can't be any other way. You know, when the NFL and NBA free agency start, it's like a frenzy. It's crazy. There's big signings and the biggest ones go first. Like they go right away. Because there's a salary cap, they have to move fast to get people because then you're out of money, right? Or you're going to be close to them. Well, baseball doesn't have a salary cap, so it's a really slow burn offseason. I wouldn't think you'll see anything of note from the Cardinals until at least after the GM meetings, which are like two weeks away, but probably more like before or after the winter meetings, which are another month after that. The winter meetings, I think, on the first week of December. They'll be down in Nashville this year, and... That was when they signed Wilson Contreras last year. Right. There was a very busy winter meetings last year. I would think there's a good chance that's going to be just as busy this year, and hopefully the Cardinals are more involved. Yeah, they're going to have to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do. 
what if you uh, real question uh, because you guys know all these guys. If one of them came to you, Mo, or you know, one of the 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 ownership, and said, "What do you think? What do you think?" I mean, obviously, we have a lot of needs. How do you prioritize them? Starting pitching, the t- two top tier starting pitchers. That's that you start there. This team does not have much of a shot of being overly successful in the postseason if they don't bring really upgrade the top two spots in rotation. And boy, you can tell the difference. Like all due respect to the Cardinals, because I watched almost all the games this year. When you watch the guys who are in the playoffs pitch, you're like, oh, okay. Now I see what you mean about a, a strikeout pitcher. Yeah, and, and it's not that it's always important. It's just a much better uh, it's an advantage to have, and it's better to just not be at the bottom of the list on that stuff either. Um, I think it's what Matt said, and I think there's about five or six guys, and you got to get two of them, which is going to be really hard yeah. because a lot of people are going to want uh, Yamamoto. Who I think he might be one of the better options. A guy coming over from Japan who's 25, he throws 95. You know, he's got a splitter and a curveball. He pitched really well in Japan this year. He was was he there. Cy Young. He was there. He won their triple crown. Yeah, he won yeah, their triple. Yeah, I mean, he, this guy is like the best pitcher yeah. in Japan coming over at age 25. He won't be cheap, but given the age, um, it's probably the best bet because he's younger than some of the other guys. But him, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, um, Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, if he opts out, which he will. And are I mean, those like 30 million a year guys? Oh, no. no well, is. what's that? Nola's, go- Nola's going to be. Yeah. Snell probably is. Um, that Sonny Gray will not be yeah. that, but he, he'll probably be around 20. Yeah. And Yamamoto will probably be between 20 and 30, I would think. I've read the project, you know, because you also have to pay a posting fee to get him. You have to pay his team over in Japan. So there's a double cost to acquiring him. Wow. You pay the posting fee. Yeah, and it's, then you it's a, a settled fee now. It used to be a negotiated one, but it's the same. They've kind of restructured it. But, yeah, it's going to cost you a little extra. There's a tax on it. So I've read a lot of people are projecting he's going to be somewhere between 22 and 25 per year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're probably going to have to spend, let's just let's just call it $50 million on two starting pitchers. And and, and longer, kind of like probably three, oh, yeah, yeah. four or five years on these deals. Minimum. Yeah. Some of them, like Nola's going to get probably six. So uh, not to get too much in the weeds, but this is KMOX. We're talking Cardinals. Talk to me a little bit about real money as in, okay, we no longer have Wayno. We no longer have this. We're saving this much money in real dollars. Uh, the money that we're saving on guys that aren't going to be with the club and new money, how big a check would the Cardinals have to write to really make a difference? Above and beyond what their payroll has been. Is, yes. that, is that the question? Yes. So <clears throat> I, the, I'm trying to think of the right way that I want to frame this because they're – you got to frame it as what the what the number is that counts towards the luxury tax. They aren't in that luxury tax, but that number is the total that you're you're kind of accountable for. You're going to be about 50 million under that based on who's gone. And that's and keep in mind, you could trade away some guys that are going to free some of that too. If you trade away Tyler O'Neill, you're probably saving 6, 7, 8 million dollars. I think he was at 5 this year. And it'll go up even though he was hurt because arbitration cases always go up. So let's just call it six and a half, six and a half. You can free up money there by moving away from some of those other guys too. Um, But you probably have to raise payroll to do everything you need to do. Probably 20, 25, 30 million. The other thing on this is 
it's really easy to say what Kevin just said. I don't even disagree with him, but it's also market-related. We yeah. get to the winter yeah. meetings, and all of a sudden guys start coming off the board at these really high numbers. <laughs> it's not so much about how much the Cardinals are spending. It's about where they rank in baseball payroll. And you can't control what those other teams are spending. So if you want to have a, a top 10 payroll in baseball, well, you got to go see what those other teams are spending to get to that point. Yes, and that's the hard part is essentially keeping up with the Joneses. You don't have to outspend everybody. You can win with less. I mean, you know, the Diamondbacks do not have the payroll that the Rangers do. The, the Diamondbacks were one of the lower payrolls in the, in the playoffs, and they're in the World Series. You don't have to be the highest spending teams. But what they specifically need is expensive unless they're able to flip on a trade. And, you know, if, if you're going to trade for really high-quality, cost-controlled pitching, it's going to hurt. You're going you're to trade players you don't want to trade. And it's not like uh, we really need a shortstop, and most teams have a great shortstop. Right, Everyone right. needs starting pitching. Everybody needs starting pitching. Everybody, which is going to require some creativity. I mean, maybe you get one in free agency – and then you get a depth guy for the you know a, a kind of innings dude to give you some extra depth at the bottom of the rotation, and then you trade for another guy. Do you think? And I know it's in, in, an individual decision, but to what degree does being a Cardinal, coming to St. Louis, Cardinals Nation, stand the man, Albert Pujols? To what degree do you think that great players give us any kind of a discount? They don't. I mean, so happy to be here, but I'm not going to go from 30 million to 25. If it's equal and they're deciding between a team that doesn't draw fans and things like that, right? Then maybe they go towards St. Louis, uh, but they're not going to give a discount, especially if you haven't played here before. Right. I think I think that's kind of the point. Is it can be a benefit because you talk to players, even players that have never played here, they're like, "Man, you you can't go most any other place and see 38,000 people there on a Tuesday night in yeah. May." Like that's not normal. That's but it is here now. They got to keep it right. They got sure. to play better if they're going to keep that. But that's my next question. So you guys know the audience really well. I have been a little surprised. How do I put it? Because I'm one of them. Uh, Fickle's not the right word. Uh, ungrateful is not the right word, but demanding. No, it, it yeah, demanding is a good word. St. Louis, and uh, I would say that demanding. in a positive way. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. We're not Pittsburgh. That's uh, right. There's expectation here. What sort of gains do we need to make to keep the three million a year coming in? So we're talking about what can you do this off season that's going to keep selling tickets? Yes, that's and that's the great question. It's going to be the names that I mentioned. It's going to be high-quality guys. It's going to be winning on one of the big free agent pitchers at least. I can tell you the group salespeople and the season ticket people are hoping that the Cardinals make moves early in this offseason. Name that value makes, matters yeah, in this. And yeah. whether it's trade, free agency, doesn't matter. The name value, you know, the guys that people can look at and people will recognize. Because the diehards, we might recognize a guy that's a little lower key, but you got to get names that people recognize that are yeah. that are your casual fan. You got to you got to appeal to everybody. You got to appeal to the diehards, the casuals, and all of that. And that's you have all of those in your fan base. Who would really shock you if we traded them away? I mean, there's there's untradeable players. You're not trading away Jordan Walker. You're not trading away Mason Wynn. Um, I, Goldschmidt and Arnato are not going anywhere unless all of a sudden one day one of them wakes up and says, I don't want to be a Cardinal anymore, and he lets them know. But I don't think that's going to happen. So that that group's not going anywhere. 
So I, they're they're not worth talking about. I mean, yeah, the one I think is just absolutely not going anywhere is Arenado. Um, given age, performance, uh, the fact that the Rockies are still paying some of that contract. I mean, you're getting him at a discount. And if you let if you move him, you have to replace him, and that's who did we give up for Arnado? N- n- probably nobody you would recognize. Wow, Elahuris Montero, Austin Gomber, never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> and the Rockies picked up so yeah. much of a salary. It was and it, and the reason that the Rockies did it the way that they did is because the the Arnado controlled where he could go. He he had a no trade clause. He could say, look, I'm going to this place, this place, or this place, or nowhere. And the Cardinals were the only one, were the one that the Rockies found to be the best. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. <laughs> 426 DGS. Thanks to Matt Pauly for hanging out with us today. Uh, so I am now financially sober. I'm no longer spending $100 a day on DoorDash. Uh, <laughs> so here's a couple of stories. This is from DoorDash. DoorDash has started warning people that if you don't pre-tip, your food will probably arrive cold. I appreciate the warning, but that's not exactly the best marketing I've seen. No. I actually don't mind that. Like, I think we live in a world where we need to tip people. Now, there's over they. There's times where you're asked for a tip and you shouldn't be tipping. But in a DoorDash situation, yeah. oh, I clearly agree. I you agree. need to be tipping your driver. So if there's people out there that are not going to tip their drivers, as far as I'm concerned, Which they can have cold Andrew's food. Andrew's a former DoorDasher. He can tell you that's yeah. pretty common. Yeah, it's extremely common. Uh, I, I think it's more common to not get it than to get it. But I think... Specifically, what this article is, is re, or what that that marketing might be referring to is the fact that you can usually tell when you take an order if you're going to get a tip on it or not. I mean, if it's they tell you how much you're going to make. So if you're going to make like a decent amount, if you're going to make like seven, eight bucks, it's like, oh, I'm probably getting a little tip on this. And if they if it's going to be like two fifty or whatever, you know, you're not getting a tip. And so you can choose whether to, you know, accept or deny an order. And I think they're just saying your food's going to be sitting there getting denied over and over again yeah. if you don't. Well, but there's another is... issue there, right? I mean, if you pre-tip and yet they, what if they still show up 45 minutes later than they say? Yeah, true. Well, now they're getting the good tip for crappy service. Uh, it's worse at Grubhub. 
Uh, gentleman ordered Chick-fil-A, and uh, instead of his milkshake, he got a cup of warm pee. Uh, Turns out that the driver likes to save time by relieving himself in the car, and he literally oh. mixed up the cups. My story says, unfortunately, the guy who ordered it didn't realize it until he took a sip. Uh, which is hard to believe if you ordered a milkshake. Yeah. You couldn't tell the difference between that and warm pee. Hmm. <laughs> yes, mean, my warm yellow milkshake. That would seem to me to be actionable. I say that's criminal. Yeah, that's uh, that's like hazardous materials. Mm-hmm. With I mean, like if you spit on somebody, it's considered assault. Right. That's way worse. Mm. Bon appetit, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the songs. One of the last bands I was in before I got into radio and did the Dave Glover band uh, was during this era. And I was in my like Def Leppard stage and they wanted to play this one because it was super popular and girls loved it. And I was like, no way, man. That happened. <laughs> I was just so God, I look back on that. You were right. Well, it's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I was in the right. That song's awful. Oh, that and Janet Jackson's Black Cat. I'm like, look, you got the wrong dude. Def <laughs> 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 uh, Leppard wasn't that much better at that point because it was like mm-hmm. the pour some sugar on oh, me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, everything yeah. after Pyromania yeah. went downhill real fast. So it's a Metallica weekend for you? Oh, yeah. That's going to be so good. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Calhoun played a clip during the news. Yeah. And as soon as I heard the clip, my the, the horns went oh, up. I saw it. Like, it wasn't even voluntary. <laughs> he wasn't it's even an in, It's an involuntary movement. It just went right like up. looking out the window, and he just went. Yep. <laughs> it's just involuntary at this point. So you were a mosh pit guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I still like to be down there. I'm not down there for this one, but I still like to be in that. Yeah. I don't do the whole, you know, Running throwing elbows other. and all that anymore. Yeah. Have you ever been Too like old hurt? for that crap. Have you ever been hurt, mosh pit? Define hurt. <laughs> Like when you see people, <laughs> right. I've always been able to get up. <laughs> yeah, but like, you get like thrown on the ground, or like somebody steps on your head, or whatever. yeah, you occasionally catch a stray elbow. Being a short guy sucks. Yeah, I can imagine. when you're in the what pit are, like that, right at elbow height. I've never asked him when this because I've never cared. Uh, what are the mosh pit etiquette rules? Like, when do you go too far and people go like, "Hey, dude"? Okay, so the the the, the it's it's pretty simple. If somebody's just standing around the outside. Of the of where the action is, yeah. Don't hit them. Okay. Okay, and you don't try to hurt people. Like you're not trying to throw elbows to the forehead. Yeah. You're not trying to do that. If somebody goes down, you help them up. Okay. You know, I mean, that's basically it. It's pretty simple. Uh, and there's always somebody that it doesn't know what they're doing, is or they're pretty, just too drunk. Is it pretty self policing? Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. If it, someone goes over, it's some people are like, "Hey, that's." Not in what my we experience, do. yeah, they'll pull that guy and throw him out. Because usually it's like. If there's 30 people in, in the middle all going crazy, it's like one guy who's acting out of yeah, line. Yeah, it's not usually a lot. Like, right, You'll occasionally you get like a small group of bros that think that they're going to just like, we do want to kick everybody's ass. Is there ass. a mosh pit at every show? It, or is they kind of develop. Like the pit is down there, and it's not, like for most of these bands, it's not what it used to be. Yeah. It used to be crazier. It used to be more. Sometimes the you know if you're at the big festivals, the they, these little pits break out everywhere. Like, you'll have one right in front of the stage, but you might have one up on the lawn. You'll have another one off to the side. It just depends on the energy of that show. Like, there are, there are some that it's just, you look around and you're just like, oh, my God, this is yeah. crazy. Is it weird being a non-drinker at a show where most everyone's drunk? No, I'm you're used, used to, it. to it. Yeah. Yeah. 
At, at, when I was younger, I'd, I'd say probably like just because I started going to those kind of concerts when I was in high school. And you're at first, you're just like, what? Heck, why is this so bad? And then you go to college and you're like, well, it's, it's not that different than a lot of the parties you're at or a football game or whatever. Yeah. So it's not it's not much different than that. Do seeds matter at a Metallica show? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, we've got decent ones. I'm going with our buddy, Ben Boyd. We yeah. have decent ones. They're nothing special. Um, I love if it's t- to me, if you're not like right up close, I probably don't care very much. Yeah. Like if I, I can be that. right down, that's why I love the pit. I like to be right down there within, you know, 20, 30 feet of the stage and all that. Like there, it makes a difference to me. It's more impactful. It's just a different feel, but pretty much everything else is kind of the same. Gotcha. If you've got a seat and, and there have been times where you go like my favorite spots, cause now I'm old is like when you can get like the first row or two behind the pit out at like Hollywood theater. That's the best because you're not actually in there. You've actually got a seat. Mm -hmm. You can sit down during breaks and stuff. It's not bad. Speaking of being an old guy and it's not just going to the bathroom. I don't really have that problem too bad, uh, but I have to be on an aisle. Same. Like whether it's a a movie or it's uh, going to see the KU so football, on an end seat. Got to be on an. I mean, not maybe not literally, but I I just can't be in the middle of a row. Oh, I hate the getting up. Pardon me, pardon me, mm-hmm. pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. I just hate that. I will sacrifice way better seats to take seats that are on an aisle. Yeah. Mm. Uh, stairway to Kevin. Sure. Let's see here. I got a few things on the list. Uh, all right. Let Let's do this. Do you have the audio for, that we pulled from Tommy Tuberville? Yes, I do. All right, so we can do this. This this is semi I mean, this is a serious topic, right? We know he's been up he's yep. been holding up uh the military promotions, all this stuff. And what he said, I think I think this was today, if it wasn't today, it was yesterday. But what he's th- this is infuriating to hear. Listen to this. He's talking about the Marine commandant who has been doing extra work because they're not doing this. That guy, by the way, had a heart attack recently. I wouldn't necessarily right. equate Connect the two. Them. Right. But just listen to what Tuberville said about this. doing multiple jobs. Some of these military personnel, even the Marine Corps commandant, was doing two jobs. Why well, aren't you? Marine Corps commandant probably got 2,000 people to work for him. Okay. So, uh, and somebody said he's working 18 hours a day. Jack Reed blamed me for his heart attack. Come on, give me a break. This guy's going to work 18, 20 hours a day, no matter what. That's what we do. You know, I did that for years because you got to get the job done and you take it, but you try to do everything yourself. So uh, we're not going to go down that road. That's what we do. And I did that for years. He wasn't a Marine. He was not the Marine. He was a football coach and he's acting like putting in big hours as a football coach. In his mind, that's the same as putting in big hours as the guy in charge of the United States Marines. I'd say that's pretty on brand for him. I mean, come on, dude. I know this is one of my complaints about big-time football coaches. It seems worse in the college ranks than it is in the pros. Maybe that's just my perception. But, like, they have this sense of grandeur. They have this sense of, like, real self-importance. Like, they're such a big deal. Like you are not that you you should never bring those two things up together. Your football coaching career compared to a military career that has led to you being the commandant of the United States Marines. I just find that to be so insulting. I did that for years. No, you didn't. You you coached a sport. You taught people how to block and tackle and throw footballs. You did not do this job. 
This job, these jobs are a matter of national security, not a matter of beating Alabama. And in his case, most of the time losing to Alabama. I hate that stuff so much. And that's what I hate about him. He's trivializing all of this. He's using it. And by the way, there was an appointment today where they found a way to go around him. Yeah. And <clears throat> and confirm. I forget the, who they confirmed. Oh, it was Air Force, I think. Thirty thousand foot view. There are times in life when you find yourself in the Jimmy Stewart. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, and you're standing alone, and you know you're the only one uh, that's. I get that, but when his issue is this. Uh, the abortion fees being paid and this and this and this. It's, I think it's about the travel Yes, to go get one, yeah. Everyone in your caucus is, is pro-life. Everyone on your side of the aisle is anti-abortion, and yet they look at this and they weigh it out and they say, there are other ways to do this. What's on the other side of the scale is also incredibly important and more important to more people because it is literally national security. So when you look around the room and you're standing alone and you're surrounded by people who have just as strong values as you, maybe it's that you're not as smart as them. Maybe you should look at yourself in the mirror i think at this point the guy just can't admit he was wrong it's that but you all again i'm going back to the coaching thing when you're a, when you're a head football coach in college you are a dictator you control everything nothing happens without your approval you are the most powerful person on that campus more powerful than the president of the university if you're having success as a coach but everybody around you is below you in the pecking order your opinion's the only one that matters in that setting, and you're seeing that play out here. And guys like this will spend their lives talking to rooms full of 100 college-age kids in their, their players, talking about team first, team first, not about the individual, not about you, not about that. It's about team first. Is he a team player? Is he doing what's best for his team, which is the Republican Party? Bigger than that, his team is actually the United States of America. That's the team we all play for. And he had an opportunity to save face when everything broke loose in Israel. He had an opportunity to say, I'm going to continue to fight change, against yeah. abortion with every cell mm. of my body. But we are now, we have soldiers and airmen and sailors and uh, uh, Marines in, harm way, in harm's way. So I am going to this and I'm going to that. But yeah. I don't know. You need everything right now functioning as well as it possibly can. You don't need someone doing two jobs. You don't need people covering for another job that hasn't been able to be filled. You need everything functioning as best it can when you have all of this stuff going on. They need to change that rule. They need to change the rule that got Kevin McCarthy out of there. Oh, yeah. And I'm not anywhere close to a fan of the new speaker. I do not like this guy for several reasons, but... I also want I'm also enough of a team player using your analogy to say I'd rather keep him there than have him thrown out in two weeks because Matt Gates or Marjorie Taylor Greene or whoever gets their nose out of joint and throws the U.S. government into chaos again. That's being a team player. That's seeing the bigger picture. I don't like this guy. I'd rather have someone else, but I'd rather have him than see him get thrown out on his butt 
because some one person decided to call for it. Anyway. 453 DGS. Can I tell you the dumbest thing that made me mad today? Yes. I'm watching television, and evidently the Cowboys are playing the Eagles for who cares. Uh, <laughs> you know, some special game Thursday night, Sunday night, I don't care. And, of course, it's like, dun, dun, ba, 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 ba. and there's Dak uh, Prescott, you know, okay, here are the stars. Then they show uh, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me. He is a fine football player. He's a fine lineman. No one shows the lineman when it's, hey, watch the Cowboys and the Eagles go at it. The NFL's lost their damn mind. Well, I mean, what's his last name? Right. And he's great, by the way. I mean, he is one of the best centers in the game. And their it, podcast has become immensely popular that they do together now that, you know, Travis is dating. Taylor so Gold. when they break up, and they will, and I'm not, that's not shade to them. No. Most people do break up. Most dating, yeah. Right. Doesn't so lead to marriage. When they do, does Travis Kelsey, uh, does his trajectory continue up? Do He's, people care who he dates next? No, nobody. No, because football fans don't care about that. And I don't think anybody outside of football cares about him, even uh, unless barring this. Yeah, and I, he I, might be though. He might kind of be in that Gronk stratosphere yeah. as far as like doing commercials and being yeah a fairly big celebrity even outside of football. It'll be a good bump but for it, his but, career, but it would be like Gronk. It's not going to be like he's an international star. And he still remains he he'd still remain one of the best football you know players. Probably the best tight end of the league. Wouldn't you oh say no, that? he's definitely the best now, and he's going to go down as one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How far in is he in his career? Why do I? I want to say like eight, eight, eight years. Yeah, if that seems right, I'll I'll look while we're talking about. It. I think it's about that. It's been he's he's no he's no kid. I mean, he, but he's also not like at the end of his career either. He's a guy that you know, with good health, should play quite a bit longer. Oh, he's oh he's been around eleven years. Yeah, that's more than more than I thought. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 